This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide story that affects you. I'm Shana Roth. And I'm Jake Neer. The horrific mass shooting in Oxford continues to dominate so many conversations here in Michigan, and increasingly those conversations have turned toward what could have been done to prevent this from happening in the first place. State Senator Rosemary Bayer is a Democrat who represents the 12th State Senate District, which includes Oxford. It just so happens she's also the co-chair of Michigan's Legislative Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention Caucus and... It just so happens that she had new gun legislation she was already planning to introduce within the past week. The new bill would ban the sale and possession of gun magazines that hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. It would be a misdemeanor punishable by up to 90 days in jail or a fine of up to $500. People who already own high-capacity magazines could keep them. They would just have to report them to local law enforcement. Senator Bayer told Stephen Henderson on WDET's Detroit Today that this law would have made a difference in the Oxford High School shooting. We know that mattered Mm. last week. Mm -hmm. Um, That would have been reduced and less, less shots would have been fired, less bullets would have been fired. Oakland County Sheriff Mike Bouchard said after the shooting that suspect Ethan Crumbly had three 15-round magazines on him. Bayer also notes that this isn't the only bill that Democrats have introduced recently meant to curb gun violence. In fact, it's one in a long list of firearm bills that are languishing at the state capitol. They include measures that would require universal background checks on all gun sales, ban people convicted of misdemeanor domestic violence offenses from possessing guns for eight years, and allow local governments to ban guns on property they own or lease. But maybe the most significant bill in the wake of the Oxford School shooting was introduced all the way back in June. It would require gun owners to secure their guns so that minors would not have easy access to them. Michigan does not have a specific safe storage law on the books right now, and that has gotten a lot of attention recently because Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald charged Ethan Crumbly's parents with four counts of involuntary manslaughter each due to the fact that the gun he allegedly used in the shooting was easily available to him. In fact, McDonald says his parents bought the gun for him as a Christmas present. Now, it seems to be a recent trend here on Mishmash that we've been talking about high-profile bills that have little to no chance of passing. These bills also fall into that category. You know the drill here. Republicans control both chambers of the Michigan legislature. They don't have much interest at all in tightening Michigan's gun laws. In fact, the day after the shooting in Oxford, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky told reporters, quote, If we get obsessed with eliminating all risks, we will then develop and evolve into a country we won't recognize because we'll also have no freedoms. However, Senator Bayer says that Shirky had promised her a hearing on gun legislation at some point. Not a vote, but a hearing, she emphasized. She says she hopes that, in her words, it might be the first crack in the door. So, Jake, you guys over at WDET got a bit of a scoop this week about this new proposed law that Senator Rosemary Bayer is introducing. That's right. Senator Bayer joined Stephen Henderson on Detroit Today ahead of her press conference to announce her new bill that bans new sales and possession of high-capacity gun magazines. They talked about not only that, but about all of these firearm bills that haven't moved yet. 
and also what's happening now in Oxford and what's being done to support that community. And we thought we'd play that interview for you here so that you could hear it for yourself. Here's State Senator Rosemary Bayer's conversation this week with Stephen Henderson on WDET's Detroit Today. I want to say up front that these bills have been in the works for some time now, and they aren't a direct response to the school shooting that happened in your district last week. But the timing of the introduction of these bills certainly adds some weight to this announcement. So let's talk about what these bills would do. Great. Yeah. uh, yeah. And as you say, this was actually part of a schedule of introductions that um, that we constantly manage in that caucus, in the Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention Caucus. And this was the schedule for this bill. We talked a lot about whether this was something we should wait on. And yet, when you look at what just happened last week, and you think there's data that supports this bill and other bills that we've already introduced, um, it very directly in understanding how they can reduce the incidence of gun violence overall, and specifically gun deaths. So these are very, very specific pieces of legislation that can make a direct and immediate difference for us. Mm -hmm. So this one for this week um, basically does is reduce the size of the allowable magazine capacity Mm -hmm. for a firearm so that you could only have at most 10 rounds of ammunition in each one. So uh, whereas it might have, it was, it is now 15, and um, we know that mattered mm. last week. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been reduced, and less less shots would have been fired, less bullets would have been fired. Mm. Um, uh, would these be retroactive, uh, or this would just be for new gun purchases? In other words, there are guns now that have. Uh, incredible capacity, um, as you point out. Uh, would this would this apply to existing guns as well as new purchases? It, only in the sense that if you have uh, a large capacity magazine already, you need to report to your local police that you have it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to turn it in. You don't have to give it up, but you have to report that you have it. Um. I, I want to talk uh, just about the 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 wider context of the legislation that you're working on and the kind of things that you're thinking about doing. And and I want to get you to confront some of the things that we hear from gun advocates about uh, these things. Uh, there are a lot of folks who say that these are infringements on their rights, uh, first of all. They also talk about the, the effectiveness of laws like this. They talk about the fact that Criminals, people who are intent on breaking the law, uh, don't care what the law says or or doesn't say, and that if someone like um, like Ethan Crumbly uh, decides that he's going to do what he's going to do, there isn't a practical way for the law to hold him back from that. I wonder how you how you answer that that kind of uh, criticism of this kind of leg- legislation. Uh, well, uh, it sounds like ignorance to me. Um, there is a, a, a lot of data, actually, not just one study that show directly the efficacy of these are gun safety laws, actually, that we're talking about. We're not we're not talking about taking away guns. So mm-hmm. there is no infringement on people's rights here. It's not got anything to do with your right to bear firearms. 
um, which we can talk about another time perhaps. But um, what what we are working on here in this Michigan Senate and in the Michigan House of Representatives is ways to make gun ownership, make, make sure that people are handling their weapons responsibly and making it safer for people, for kids in school and for all of us. So this particular bill, there, it's, it's already been proven that there, in the states that have uh, laws like this that reduce the size of the magazine, the mass, mass shootings are um, less than half the number in states that don't have it. I mean, it's that, it's that direct just for this one. And when you look at the child access protection laws, which simply talk about storage, safely safe storage, mm-hmm. so minors can't get access to a, a firearm, um, a lot of that is accidents, right? We know that, not mm-hmm. not intentional anything. And um, those those uh, incidences of gun violence dropped just unbelievably. It's, there's all kinds of data to support this. So anyone who suggests that we have adequate laws and we don't need any more is incorrect. The laws that we have don't protect us. Uh, even as we listened to uh, the Oakland County prosecutor last week, uh, as she brought charges to the parents, mm-hmm. She said, we just don't have adequate laws in Michigan to support this. This is all I can do, but we really need laws that are stronger and that are directly related to this particular issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, there's lots of data to support all of these things that we're working on are effective. The, the, one of the other big ones is what's called um, extreme risk protection orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all these bills we've introduced session after session after session not to go anywhere. Um, that one we re- will reintroduce next year, part of this session's plan. Um, but that one is also just has a, has a huge and immediate impact on suicides. So this is about protecting all people for all different reasons, and it's just about safety. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking with State Senator Rosemary Baer, a Democrat who represents Michigan's 12th state Senate district, which includes Oxford, Michigan. She is also co-chair of Michigan's Legislative Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention Caucus. We're talking about bills uh, to restrict the size of uh, gun magazines, um, uh, the ammunition that goes into guns, uh, to, to limit the possibility uh, of, of people uh, committing mass shootings uh, like the one we saw last week at Oxford, uh, at Oxford High School. So um, I, I want to talk a little more about this package of bills that you are, are planning to introduce and something you just said, which is that this is, these have been introduced session after session in Lansing, and uh, they have not been acted on. What makes you think that right now um, things could be different? Is, is there a possibility that what happened in Oxford will change some minds in the legislature about at least talking about these these bills and, and these issues? Well, I do. I'm ever hopeful. That's why I keep working on this and have been since I got here. Um, but I will say that uh, in conversations, so Oxford is my district and in my district, and I've lived there a long time and have talked to many people there. As they started calling and saying, okay, thanks for the the prayers and the good thoughts, but what's the action, right? Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we change the script here? How do we do this differently? And talking with uh, folks that just are in the midst of this tragedy still about what kind of things and what, what might they be want to do themselves, right? So I think in the end, 
Um, we're going to continue to push here in the legislature. And uh, Senator Shirky, the Republican leader in the Senate, uh, actually agreed to a hearing before COVID that's been delayed multiple times. And he did reiterate that we will have a hearing, not a vote. Not, he didn't commit to a vote, but he did commit <laughs> to a hearing. So that is the first crack in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but in conversation with the people, with our with our people that we serve, they want this. And so I think one of the challenges we're facing in Michigan as a whole, and it's not just about this issue, is that people generally don't associate what we do in Lansing as having much of an impact on their daily lives. Mm-hmm. And this is a good example of something that does. It has a huge impact. If you are, by some horrible circumstance, caught in the middle of a gun violence tragedy, it probably could have been prevented. Right. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. There's so many, so many different pieces of legislation here and other things that we're working on to change this. And so talking with them and saying, look, we think you are going to have to help us convince the majority party that this has to happen, that you demand that they do this. And, and whoever your legislators are in the Senate and the House, have that conversation and make it very clear that you're going to elect people that will vote for these pieces of legislation that will protect our kids in school. Mm. And, you know, it's an interesting conversation, and they had interesting answers to that. So that's a very <laughs> Republican part of my district. You know, mm-hmm. I lived up there, and I, uh, uh, it's, you know, the whole northern part of Oakland County is, is that. And yet this, is not, this should not be a partisan issue. This is about safety. So it's time for us to start to stop talking about the partisan piece and get to work on making things safer. I, I do want to also give you a chance to talk about what's going on in this part of your district, in this community. Um, you know, when things like this happen, there's a lot of attention for uh, a short period of time afterward. But the people who live in the communities where this happened, um, they don't get to move on to something else. They, 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 have, to, they have to find a way to, to, you know, I guess in, in some way restore some normalcy uh, in a community that's been really badly disrupted by something like this. And, and I wonder if you can tell us, you know, a week later um, what, what is happening and what people in Oxford are telling you about the way that they're trying to, f- to figure this all out and, and to, to piece back together the sense of safety and community that, uh, that was so badly shattered uh, at the high school. I will say it's, it's, um, it is interesting to talk with them and hear them ask for help. Right there, I, I, and because like I said, I, I, um, you know, this is my first time in office. And three years ago, four years ago, when I started running for office, I would knock on doors and ask people, introduce myself, and ask people what they thought was important. But the first question they would ask me was, "There's a Senate in Michigan." I mean, I, wow. you know, there's a there's a an opportunity listening to them of awareness mm-hmm. that there is a potential to make this better. Now there. Things are still really rough in Oxford, and and so we don't initiate any of these kind of conversations there. When they call my office and want a meeting, Mm -hmm. we are absolutely always available to them. And so we'll talk about whatever they want to talk about, including this. But most of our conversations now are still about 
what's the hotline number again for mental health? Is there going to be someone here? Is there a way I can do it over the phone or on a text? Or, you know, those, and, and how do we, how do we make sure that our community stays whole? Hmm. You know, so they're really focused more still on that part of the world. The, the, the last funeral is today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is going to take time. I mean, this is a huge thing. I, you know, have, I know so many people in that school system and relatives in high school, in that school. And, you, you know, it's, it's, you're still just not talking. You're still not over it. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I, I, I also want to give you a chance to talk about the, um, the wider context of uh, the kind of response, I guess, that we that we have to something like this. Gun laws are, 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 and gun safety laws are one aspect of it, but there are so many things that I think were highlighted um, by what, what happened in the days and the weeks, even the hours before uh, Ethan Crumbly did what he did that suggest a, a possible legislative response. Uh, and I wonder if you've begun to talk with colleagues in Lansing about those things and the opportunity to make changes in other areas uh, that could be just as as uh, important. Well, I will say, and, and really we've been trying, working on this since, well, for the last three years, at least, maybe longer, um, in enhancing the system that we have for mental health um, as a state. Uh, most of that got taken apart, you know, a long time ago, right? We can, we can go back to, to Governor Engler and talk about what happened to the mental health system here, but we haven't really repaired that yet. And so um, we've started uh, my first year uh, in, in uh, additional funding for mental health resources for school districts, but nowhere near what they need. But communities as a whole need more. And so uh, at, Oakland, at the Oakland County level, we are working on um, proposals for uh, mental health facilities within the county, uh, not just for, for kids, but specifically for separately for children and, and adults so that there's a place for people to go to get the, the help they actually need. We're really short on that. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's, I think that's pretty widely known. It's just been a question of, you know, how do we do that? So we're trying to work on now, especially there's opportunity with some additional funding coming from outside um, that might be able to boost us in this infrastructure piece, mm-hmm. at least, right, mm-hmm. to get started on some of these things. Um, and luckily, you know, living in Oakland County, we have an advantage, too. We have a, uh, a density of population and, and revenue that might allow us to be, to be, you know, sort of in front of that and show people how to do it. We also have um, in the caucus, in the Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention Caucus, we have, sh- have put a lot of focus in this last year on interruption. Mm-hmm. So knowing that we struggle with the legislation that we've introduced over, the, over these years and continue to do, um, interruption programs are working in a different way. So intervention or interruption. So there's a pilot in Grand Rapids. There's a program in Ingham County now. We got money in this year's budget for Oakland County to start a pilot there. So starting to, to you know, look at policing differently and look at how, um, in, in my old world, before this job, uh, one of the long-term research projects that I was involved in um, we 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 ended up doing a, a system that connected uh, nonprofits to each other's services. And mm-hmm. after the pilot ran for a while, we checked to see who was using it and how. And the biggest user was the state police. Mm. 
And as I looked into why that happened, it's because most of their calls to go somewhere, you know, go, there's, there's something happening at this house, go there. Um, most of those, as in like 85%, are not traditional police work. They're more traditional social work or counseling. And so how do we know that, right? We can't put a counselor in every jar, a, a car that goes out. We can't, you know, how do we know what to do? What's the right tool? As to, so, so it's really an interesting and new thing to start working on, which makes a lot of sense. And overall, it doesn't involve weapons at all, which is a good way to approach things most of the time, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so I think that's another big piece for all of us to focus on going forward. Um, what other tools do we have in our boxes that we can use um, to, to, to intervene and to stop a lot of the gun violence from happening before it does? That was Democratic State Senator Rosemary Bayer's conversation this week with Stephen Henderson on WDET. If you want to hear more, you can always check out Stephen's conversations on Detroit Today on the Detroit Today podcast, which you can find anywhere you get your podcasts, or if you go over to WDET.org. And of course, you can check out the show live on weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. or 7 to 8 p.m. on WDET. That's all for Mishmash this week. I'm Shana Roth. And I'm Jake Neer. Thanks for listening.